Hello again. I do want to thank you for joining me here on Bible Studies with Russ. Today we're picking up in Revelation chapter 21. Uh, just a, a little note here, beginning August 11th, because uh, we, we're going to be finishing this study, uh, which is very convenient, uh, we'll begin a study on first principles. It'll actually be segments from the class I am teaching for the Online Academy of Biblical Studies. Uh, instead of trying to do an additional study in addition to what I'm already going to be doing there, uh, we're just going to use that material because it's going to be very good, very beneficial for everyone. Uh, so I do hope you tune in for that. It will be broken down into um, probably probably 50, 45 to 50 minute segments. Uh, I would break it down more, but then we're going to have to start splitting up classes more and more. And so uh, it'll be uh, stretched to probably about a 40, 45 minute segment. And again, that'll begin on August 11th, looking at a study on first principles. Today we pick up in Revelation, though, in chapter Revelation 21, in verse 1. Here the Bible says, Now I saw a new heaven. In a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. New means a new in quality or kind, a new kind of, of heaven. As we saw before, there was no more sea. This also can bring our minds back to the dragon who had used the waters to drown down the to drown the radiant woman. The beast had risen from the waters of the sea in chapter 12 uh, through chapter 13, verse 1. And so we believe this sea symbolizes the power of evil. Well, evil now is being pictured as there was no more sea. So a new dwelling place, a place away from evil. And we find here in verse 2, the Bible goes on to say, Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. New Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, is the perfect counterpart of the imperfect earthly city of Jerusalem, as we have it referenced in Galatians 4.26 and Hebrews 12 and verse 22. This city, New Jerusalem, is described as a bride. In contrast to the New Jerusalem, we have the city of evil, Babylon the Great, also described as a drunken harlot. The New, the new Jerusalem is the church, the bride of Christ, Revelation 19.7 and 8 and is pictured here as a bride ready for marriage. This is a picture of the bride being received into heaven where there will be inexpressible bliss and joy as we live in the very presence of God. So the New Jerusalem is the church, the bride of Christ, and the church is going to be dwelling where? With God, where there is joy and peace, which is very fitting considering what we find in verse 3 and following. And I heard a loud voice from heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. The tabernacle of God is with men. God's presence dwelt in the tabernacle. So the fullest way is realized, uh, the promise of God, that he would be their God and they would be his people. We also find this in Jeremiah 31, 33, in Ezekiel 37 and 12. Verse 4 says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There should be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Wipes away all tears from their eyes means all those things that, uh, which cause those tears are taken away, such as the one of the great blessings of heaven. Some of those things listed as no death, no sorrow, no crying, no pain. Some ask the question sometimes, well, what about those who are not there? Will we, will, will we be weeping over them? 
The Bible says in verse 4, there's no sorrow, there's no crying. The text answers that question for us. Looking at verse 5, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. God speaks. This is the first time this happens in Revelation. All things new. In respect to form, this word means recently made, unused, unworn. In respect to substance, the word means a new kind and unprecedented. There are those today who want to say that we're going to be living on a renovated earth. Well, that's number the Lord says here in verse in verse 5. This is all things are new. Not all things are renovated or redone or rebuilt. No, all things are new. Verse 6 says, And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give as a fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. We have a description Alpha, the description of God, Alpha and Omega. The first and last letter of the Greek alphabet. God is the author and finisher of all things, the source and consummation of all things. The beginning and the end shows the eternal and continuing existence of God. The water of life will be given freely to those who thirst. This is a figurative way to express salvation and the fact that every need will be met. We see next year. Looking at uh, verse 7. Uh, and he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. <clears throat> this is no, there is no greater honor than to be the son of God, to be a son of God. First John 3, verse 1. It is extremely important to understand that to inherit all these things, one must overcome. The word in, in the text means to gain victory or to be the conqueror. The word is used of Christ who gains victory over his foes and of Christians who hold fast to the faith, even to death, Revelation 2, verse 10, and this in the face of whatever one and this in the face of whatever one faces. Looking at verse 8, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Those who are listed here have no part in this inheritance. Some of those listed, the fearful, those who are cowardly and will not stand courageously for the faithful, for the faith in times of te- uh, times of testing, the unbelieving, that is the apostate Christians as well as pagans, the abominable, those who participate in abominations of the idolatry of the world and defile themselves with this evil worship. Murderers, those who slaughter and kill. Harlots, those who defile themselves in their lust. Idolatries, or idolaters, those who worship things other than the one true God. And all liars, those who respect not and tell not the truth. The ultimate punishment is stated. Fire and brimstone is literally fire and sulfur. This means that these will be, will be excluded from heaven forever. Looking at verse 9. Then one of the seven angels, he had the seven bowls filled with the seven, seven last plagues, came to me and talked to me, uh, talked with me, saying, Come, and I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. Look at verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy, holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from, from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Verses 9 through 11, Revelation 21. New Jerusalem is described as a bride, a lamb's wife. This is symbolic of the glory of God's people. While the wicked are being tormented in the lake that burns with fire, the church enjoys the majesty of heaven. 
Descending out of heaven there in verse 10 indicates that the glory the church possessed was a glory of God, as we see in verse 11. This glory of God and her light was like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. God was so described in chapter 4. A jasper stone is normally opaque, but this one is clear, more like our modern diamond. God's people, God's people will share the glory of God and radiate his light because they will be like God. You also can compare this to Matthew 5:14 and John 8 and verse 12. In verses 12 through 14, here, uh, if I can get my mouse up here, here in verses 12 through 14, the Bible says, Also she had a great and high wall with twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The walls are described. Ancient cities always had walls for defense. But what this provides here, not not that heaven needs defense, but it shows the security we have in heaven. This one is great and high, this wall. It had twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates. The names of the twelve tribes are the spiritual children of Israel. The names of the twelve tribes and twelve apostles of the Lamb remind us of the twenty-four elders with their thrones, representatives of, of both of both covenants, God's true people. These have kept the covenants. Looking at verses fifteen through seventeen, and he ta- and he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. The city is laid out as a square; its length is as great as its breadth, and he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs, its length, breadth, and height are equal. He measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. So as you see here in verses 15 through 17, the angel has a golden reed to measure the city. The details are given. This is not a literal measurement, 12,000 furlongs equals about 1,500 miles. So here, too, the perfect sanctuary of God where he dwells with his people is described as a cube. According to the measure of man means the normal way a man usually measures. That is, of the angel, means that it was an angel that made the measurement, but he employed the means normally used by man. In verse 18, the construction of its wall was was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The wall of jasper seems to indicate the beauty and the beauty of the wall and how exquisite it was. City is pure gold, like clear glass, show the absolute, you must say, majesty of the city. In verses 19 through 20, the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third uh, chalandini, I mispronounced that, I'm sure, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardis, the seventh Turlesite, I'm, I'm going to butcher all these names, the stone, the eighth barrel, the ninth topaz, the tenth chiropraise, the eleventh chingneth, and the twelfth uh, amethyst. Uh, looking there at verses 19 through 20. The foundations are represented by precious stones. These stones are among the most highly valued in the ancient world. We are not always able to, to identify these stones as modern counterparts. It is interesting to know that eight of these stones appeared in the list of the stones in the Old Testament on the breastplate of the high priest. In verse 21, the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. 
Notice how often 12 or its multiple occurs. 12 gates of 12 pearls seem, seem indeed to point to their spectacular brilliance. We'd have to say our language breaks down in trying to describe the radiance, glory, wealth, beauty, and majesty of this great city. Again, we have heaven described in these terms so we can try to put in our minds how beautiful heaven is. In verse 22, but I saw no temple in it. The Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. There is no, there's not temple, there's no temple here because God is there and he is all that is needed. The Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. Though temple and their honor is needed, their, their presence is honor enough. Uh, a temple on earth is where God and his people met. Here God is with his people and they with him. Verse 23, the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it, the Lamb is its light. There is no need of any earthly type light. The glory of God and the Lamb are the light. And that is all that is needed, as we find here in verse 23. Verse 24, And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. The saved walk in this light. They walk in what light? Verse 24, the state walking its light, the, the light of the city, the light provided by God. Compare the fact that even now we understand the church is not, not as a building, but a body of people redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Under the figure of a city, we have the redeemed in heaven described. In verse 25, its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there, verse 25. There is no need for the gates to ever be shut. Again, this shows that the gates were always shut. Well, might need protection from something. Well, they don't. They're with God. The gates are never shut. The reason stated is there is no night there. There are no safety concerns in heaven. Ancient cities shut their gates by night because of the sin and evil committed at night. All of God's enemies have been destroyed. There is no one to commit evil. No need to fear. Verse 26, And they shall bring the glory, the honor of the nations into it. That is the glory and honor of those who were saved. All that was valuable, pure, and glorious on earth will be there. We're not talking about physical possessions. We're talking about all the holy people of God. All those who have been obedient will be there with God. And verse 27. But there shall, be, there shall by no means enter it, enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Nothing that can defile may enter, nothing common, unhallowed or unholy, unclean, profane or ordinary may be brought into heaven. Nothing that causes abominations means anything foul or detestable, anything used of idols. A lie obviously means anything not truthful, anything deceitful. Only those whose names are in the Lamb's Book of Life may enter. Only those on the list list of Lamb's Book of Life may be found in heaven. Rome had a master list in which was found all the citizens of Rome, and God has a role too, as we find it here in verse 27. We are going to stop there today. I know we're a little bit uh, shorter than what we normally are, but we're going to reserve next week for Revelation 22, and then the following week we'll begin looking at our class on first principles. I do hope you enjoyed this Bible study. Hope you'll tune in again next time as we complete our study of the book of Revelation.